1: By the way, uh, Peggy Nash, when you were uh, suggesting that it took you a long time to get across town from the financial district, uh, and we understand at this hour, it's always intolerable. It's It's busy you know what, you should have just ducked down to the Harbor 60 and sat on the patio. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we should move the show to the Harbor 60. Sounds (laughs) inviting. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it would be an idea. I'm going to float past Mr. Nicolau. He, by the way, uh, did want to extend the condolences on behalf of his family. This is Ted, uh, his son Steve and Lisa as well. To all the folks on the Danforth being part of the Greek community, Uh, he is, of course, uh, very, very much involved. Uh, His heartfelt uh, condolences go out to all of those family members and uh, the other people. It just has impacted the entire community writ large, and uh, I did want to pass that message along for Mr. Nicolau, who is, of course, uh, the scion behind that establishment that uh, is just adjacent to the Scotiabank Arena. That's Harbor 60 which is obviously uh, one of the great experiences in the city of Toronto. Let me get back into the Doug Ford Urgent uh, Priorities Act, because he says he's going to increase accountability and transparency at Hydro One. And uh, much has been written in the financial papers, Johnny, that uh, you used to be the editor of, that... uh, for some reason he made the wrong decision because it's a publicly traded company it uh, becomes worse for customers they say uh, like nine hundred million dollars in the value of the company uh, was sort of uh, shaved off when he fired you know Mayo Schmidt and the uh, rest of the board and so on and so forth it sent a chill to the shareholders is there any merit to that
2: no And I'll tell you why. Because the province has a right as a shareholder to exercise its rights. (laughs) That's why. So, I mean, you see this all the time with activist investors who have much less than the 40-odd percent that the Ontario government owns getting involved in a firm because they don't like the management, changing the board, changing the leadership. This is what public ownership actually means. It means that you can, if you have shares in a company, you can influence it. In the case of Hydro One, they have... Uh, almost all the shares and they can and that is almost uh, of almost 50 percent of them they can make those kind of decisions that's what comes with those share ownership is the right to do it now I think it was Barry Critchley that wrote it it was and so uh, my I think what Barry's concern is you see this kind of intervention by government but anytime you buy into a company where you have a majority shareholder like that you have to understand or who someone who owns that many shares in the firm that you know, what they want to have happen can change the value of the company.
1: And it's their right to do so exactly. as the majority shareholder. Well, he called it a massive encroachment into the affairs of a publicly listed company. Your thoughts on that one, Ernie?
0: No, I, I agree with John. I mean, 47% is huge when you talk about public listed companies. Mm-hmm. Most uh, entities have control of public listed companies with as little as 6%, 7 8% of the company. This is 47%, <laughs> so it's quite large. And also I believe there were provisions in the legislation the previous government passed that allowed the province of Ontario to step in and have a lot more influence and decision making with with respect to the board, et cetera, et cetera. So you put those two things together. I think Mr. You know, Premier Ford was entirely within his rights.
1: Well, Peggy, saying uh, that they're doing what they promised they'd do, and even if that got some noses out of joint uh, and $900 million, Mr. Critchley writes, was shaved off the value in uh, terms of the shares of the stock, the value of the stock, uh, was the government right? Or did they have a right, to John and Ernie's point, to get in there and uh, make the decisions they made?
3: It's true. The government owns uh, the largest portion of the shares, but uh, I think the market has spoken and they have taken that value off of Hydro One because there's a real chill that uh, that people feel. Is this government going to get in- in- involved in what is essentially a private company? Um, there's also the issue of the deal that this company is making with... Um, a Vista? A Vista in the States. And the question is, will they continue to make... This deal will that happen? Will the company get? Will the uh, these are out feed? west the,
1: the coal uh, plants? Yeah.
3: So I think that's another we're issue. We're getting out of coal plant. And um, I mean, I would not encourage Hydro One to buy coal plants, but they're in the middle of this deal. Um, and the other issue is, you know, I think a lot of people were very concerned about the amount of money that it's taken to buy out the board, buy out the the CEO, and the promise was that it wouldn't cost anything. Well, that wasn't the case. So if we're talking about transparency and fiscal prudence, I don't think Doug Ford is presenting a good model. He's not getting off to a good start. Johnny, could you defend him?
2: Uh, Well, I I think he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And in terms of the cost that's associated with it, my understanding is the CEO had uh, shares that belonged to him, that were vested, that he would take with him. That's his property. You're not going to deny someone that. And that's what I think it was like $9 million or $8 million. I mean, that's, that's already money that was given to him. Uh, so so you, you can't take that away. I mean, the point was is that there was no, as far as I understand, no severance paid other than the, the, the benefits of about $400,000. So he's off to a good start. And in terms of the market speaking, I mean, I always love it when a socialist, you know, stands up for the market and says it's spoken. Um, it's $900 million today, but tomorrow the $900 million can come back. So what happens in the market is change of management. Let's see what management can do. I can, I can tell you, I bet you a year from now, depending on how market situation is, that, that $900 million is back.
1: All right. Uh, by the way, you know, uh, there was an interesting uh, phrase that I don't know uh, what it means, and maybe you can explain it, that the provincial economy is approaching the tail end of the business cycle. What does that mean?
2: That that, that means that we're, we're getting to the point where... Uh, Interest rates are going to go up and you're going to see uh, spending, consumer spending go down. And as a result of that, you're you possibly edged towards a, a mild recession or a heavy recession, depending on what happens. But uh, look, you know, uh, economists say these things all the time and debate it every single day. Uh, the fact is, is that the economy in the United States is is doing very well. Uh, if we can get through this trade issue with uh, with Trump, uh, we will benefit uh, from that in Canada. So, you know, it's... it's you know, it's hard to predict what, what the economy is going to do. And you always have people coming up saying, you know, we've got tougher times ahead. Of course we do, but we don't know when they're actually going to hit.
1: All right. Uh, thanks for that explanation, Ernie. I want to turn to you because, you know, when uh, Doug Ford again today, they came out with this statement that they passed the Urgent Priorities Act today. They passed that. And uh, uh, along with the transparency in Hydro One, they say they're going to put students back in the classroom at York University after a record-long strike and cancel bad energy contracts. You know, uh, I was talking to somebody from Picton today, and they were saying this wind farm from Germany that was like $100 million was invested in that. They pulled the plug on it just weeks from completion, and the locals love it. But the Germans are pissed, and they're planning to sue. So I'm I'm being told. And uh, the ambassador from Germany has been in high dudgeon as well, saying, how could you do this? I mean, this is an outrage, uh, because what happens is, and again, this is a, from the former paper you were the editor of, John, uh, they talk about this being a boneheaded ideological decision that closes businesses, kills jobs, and drives away investment. Ernie, could it be counterproductive what Doug Ford did here?
0: Well, there's always a risk when you start passing legislation which you're entitled to do but you start passing legislation canceling contracts you are sending a signal uh to a larger lesser degree that uh you better be careful what you enter into with the province of ontario because the government changes it may change but that's true of all governments i mean it's, it's true of mr trump's up to the border and you know in big block letters, so that's always a risk. And you know, to be fair to uh, to Doug Ford, again, he's doing what he said he would do. Now, if I'm the German company putting my other hat on, if I'm their lawyer, I'm probably suing the hell out of the province of Ontario. <laughs> well,
1: that's, that's what they're saying. The hundred million has already been like sunk costs, and uh, you know, I guess that's going to be a lawsuit. And if it's a lawsuit, is that something they should have uh, tiptoed around a little more gingerly, or was it just for the sake of uh, fulfilling a campaign promise? Peggy, how do you see it?
3: Well, I think for uh, Doug Ford and the Conservatives, it was probably uh, a good political decision, because that's if that's what people in that community wanted... But it doesn't sound like a very good business decision. and um yeah, you break a contract when this I mean there's contract law that that has certain well, provisions. you can change that with
1: legislation, though, can't you? I mean, you're in charge of writing the laws just well, change but this is law.
3: a this is a private contract signed between two parties. And yeah, however, they, but if the
2: legislation, signed it, the, the, the legislation that Ford has passed limits the compensation the company can have, and that they can definitely do. And anytime you enter into a contract with the government, you have to realize it can change. Now, the problem with the German government is they waited too long <laughs> to enter into the business with a liberal government that was on decline. So, you know, to.
3: But you're just giving the political argument. I guess the issue is, you know, Doug Ford dined out on attacking the liberals for cancelling the gas plants, politically motivated. He's doing the same thing now with renewable energy, cancelling contracts for political motives. And the the issue is, you know, they can pass laws and try to limit their liability. The issue is the taxpayer is going to be on the hook short term, but also it's just bad economics to cancel investments in renewable energy at a time when hydro prices are uh, an issue that everybody cares about, well, and renewable energy needs
2: to be. But an that's the most expensive, though. See, that's the problem: is you're exactly. building, you're building, you're building uh, the most expensive kind of energy generation. And they've already built it. That yeah, yeah, but the thing is, is you, you do you really want to set that up and then have to pay the money for years and years and years for that kind of generation? Absolutely not. I mean, in fact, if you did the numbers, you might actually be saving money by stopping the project now, given the, the real price of energy versus what you'd have to pay for wind
0: power. Exactly. Under a lot of those contracts, for look, we're all in favor of renewable energy, but it doesn't mean spending you know, paying somebody 81 cents a kilowatt hour when the real cost of producing power is about six or six and a half. Exactly. I mean, look how many times that is greater than the actual amount. And guess who's paying? That's why we're paying two and three times hydro rates, you know, h- higher than we were 15 years ago. So it's great in, co- in theory. Yes, we're going to have this great renewable energy uh, policy the McGinty government came up with. They didn't they neglect the tele- the the taxpayers and the ratepayers. Of course, you realize that means your hydro bills going up by three hundred percent over the next uh, fifteen years. I didn't. I don't recall seeing that in two thousand and three campaign literature.
1: Well, but Peggy likened it to the gas plant cancellation by the Liberals. Just well, the on-
0: gas plant legislation was totally different. That's the most despicable thing I've ever seen a public government do. They purposely tried to save and did save. Four liberal incumbent seats. The only reason they did it was because they knew they were going to save those political asses. And they co- those political asses ended up costing $300 million a piece yeah, of the taxpayer's money. Who got You're elected buying, in if, Prince if, if, Edward if, if, County? If, if, a conservative got liberals, elected, didn't he? If the liberals want to... Write a check for three hundred million of their own dollars per seat, except it would contravene the Election Finances Act. That's why we have such things here. Maybe south of the border they don't care so much, well, but here, here I, I kind of do care.
3: We don't know yet what this seat is going to cost the people of Ontario or what other. I can tell
0: you one thing: it's, it's going not to going to cost one point two billion dollars.
3: Well, we'll see. Well, all right. Uh, Let's let's
1: come back. We should have had a lawyer here to begin with,
2: right?
1: We're all clubhouse lawyers. Uh, I want to come back and talk Trump. There's a couple of interesting tidbits to do with the Donald in a moment with Ernie Eves, John Turley-Eward, and Peggy Nash. Oakley Show continues. The Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.